Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of Tax Less Taxing. My name is Mike, and I'm here to teach you more about your money. As a tax professional, I see every day how a lack of understanding taxes and finances can get people in a jam. So hopefully this podcast will help people to gain a better understanding of money-related topics that impact the daily lives of most people. Before we get started on today's topic, which is RSPs and TFSAs, I just want to tell you a little bit more about myself. So I'm a Canadian CPA, which stands for Chartered Professional Accountant, working as a tax manager in a medium-sized accounting firm in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Most of my time is spent on corporate tax issues, but since every corporation is ultimately owned by individuals, personal tax plays an important role in my job as well. Outside of my day-to-day tax work in the office, I answer a lot of questions from friends and family members about taxes, budgets, savings, investing, and all sorts of other topics involving money. I think that most school systems don't do a great job in teaching students about these topics. So I decided that I wanted to do something uh, to try and educate people more on basic topics relating to tax and finance, and that's what caused me to launch this new podcast. So I'm really hoping that people will learn a lot about their finances through this podcast and hopefully feel a lot more confident when dealing with money-related issues in their day-to-day lives. Okay, that's enough about me for now. Uh, Let's move on to our very first topic on tax-less taxing, which is RSPs and TFSAs. I get questions about these two things all the time. RSP and TFSA are terms that you hear from all your financially savvy friends and relatives all the time, but maybe you don't understand exactly what they are, or why so many people seem to be using them, or what even the difference is between the two of them. So let's dive in and learn a little bit more about these two popular ways of saving money. What exactly are TFSAs and RSPs? Well, they're just two different types of investment accounts. Simple as that. TFSA stands for Tax-Free Savings Account, and RSP stands for Registered Retirement Savings Plan. Both of these accounts are used to hold different types of investments, whether that means stocks in public companies, mutual funds, bonds, or any other type of securities that you can buy on a stock exchange. When you contribute money to a TFSA or to an RRSP, you're really just putting money into an account to buy investments. The investments in these accounts can be bought and sold, you can receive dividends or other investment income payments, and any cash accumulated in the accounts can be withdrawn. So why would you choose one of these accounts over a regular investment account if they're essentially the same thing? Well, the real benefit to these accounts is that income earned in the accounts is not taxable. Any of those investment activities that would trigger tax in a regular investment account, like receiving a dividend or selling a share for a gain, will not trigger any tax if the investment is held in an RRSP or a TFSA. Although both accounts are tax-free investment accounts, there are differences in how each account works So let's discuss these differences, starting with the TFSA. The TFSA was created by the Canadian government in 2009 and has a fixed amount that you can contribute every year. This limit is posted on the government's website. In 2009, the amount you could contribute each year was $5,000. It was increased to $5,500 in 2013 and was further increased to $6,000 in 2019 there was a one-time increased limit of $10,000 in 2015. This is only a maximum to what you can contribute each year, so if you don't have $6,000 lying around, you don't need to worry about missing out 
because the limit that you don't use each year will accumulate so that you can contribute it in future years. If you haven't contributed a single cent to a TFSA since they were introduced in 2009, and you were 18 in 2009, at least 18 years old, you would have a limit of $69,500 right now. If you weren't at least 18 years old in 2009, your accumulated contribution limit starts in the year in which you turned 18. For example, if you turned 18 the year after TFSAs were created, so in 2010, your limit would be 64500 which is the total limit of 69500 less the $5,000 contribution limit in 2009 when the accounts were first created. It's important to be aware of the contribution limit each year because if you over-contribute, you'll be subject to a penalty, and the penalty is equal to 1% of the over-contributed amount per month that it remains in your TFSA account. You can withdraw money from your TFSA at any time you like. Making a withdrawal from the account will not be considered income and you will not be taxed on your personal tax return. In addition, the amount you withdraw will be added back to your contribution room in the following year. But be careful with this. Let's say that in 2020, you contribute the full $6,000 to your TFSA, but November comes along and you want to do some holiday shopping for gifts for your friends and family. So you take out $1,000 from your TFSA. Then the holidays roll around and you receive $1,000 from your family. And being the responsible adult that you are, you contribute that to your TFSA as soon as you get the money. Well, because the year hasn't ended yet, you don't have that $1,000 of extra contribution room until 2021 and therefore you're gonna be subject to a 1% penalty on that amount. Now, in this example, it's only a one month penalty, so it's, we're not talking huge dollars here, but you can see how a lingering over contribution could end up costing quite a bit if left alone for long enough, and if it was a substantial enough amount. So that's really everything to say about TFSAs. They're a pretty uncomplicated account, um, but they still offer that advantage of tax-free growth on your investments. So now let's talk about RRSPs, which are a little bit more complicated. RRSPs have been around a little longer than TFSAs. They were created back in 1957. Much like TFSAs, they have a maximum amount that you can contribute each year. Unlike TFSAs, the amount is based on how much income you earned in the prior year. The RRSP contribution limit in each year is the lesser of the maximum amount set by the government, and 18% of last year's income. For 2020, the absolute maximum set by the government that you can contribute to your RSP is $27,230. If you made less than about $151,000, which is a bucket a lot of us are going to fall in, then your limit will be 18% of your last year's income instead. In addition to your money growing on a tax-free basis, RSPs have another tax benefit. The contributions that you make each year can be deducted on your tax return. So for example, if you earned $50,000 of income in 2020 and you contributed $5,000 to your RSP, when you file your tax return, you're only going to be taxed on income of $45,000. This is not a benefit available for your TFSA contributions and is one of the deciding factors in choosing between which account you're going to open and invest in. While you get a deduction for your RSP contributions, there are a lot more rules to follow when you're making a withdrawal from an RSP. To start, 
Withdrawals from an RRSP are subject to a tax withholding of 10, 20, or 30%, depending on the amount of the withdrawal. This withholding is deducted from the amount of the withdrawal and paid immediately to CRA. So when you get the cash from your bank or your investment advisor or whoever is managing the RRSP on your behalf, the amount of cash you get is going to be the amount you requested less the amount of the withholding. In addition to this withholding, the amount of the withdrawal needs to be included on your personal tax return as income. So let's go through an example. Imagine you make $60,000 a year at your current job. You had an unexpected expense come up and you need to withdraw $5,000 from your RRSP to cover it. You pay the 10% withholding right off the bat, which would be $500, so cash in pocket is $4,500, and you pay whatever the expected expense is with that money. Now, fast forward and it's time to file your 2020 tax return. You get a T4 RSP slip from the bank or your financial institution, which is managing the RSP account on your behalf, for $5,000, which is the amount of the withdrawal. This is included on your return as income and is taxed at a rate of roughly 37%, which is only if you live here in Nova Scotia. Tax rates vary by province, so you'd have to check the rates in your own province. But assume you're in Nova Scotia, you're taxed on that at roughly 37%, which would create tax owing of $1,850, which is just the 5,000 times 37%. The amount of tax that you already paid, which is the 10% withholding, is $500. So if you less that from the amount of tax that you owe on the withdrawal, you still owe another $1,350 of tax on the $5,000 withdrawal. There are three situations where you can avoid paying tax on a withdrawal from your RRSP. The first one is if you're a first-time homebuyer and you need money for a down payment. That's called the Home Buyer's Plan and is available to uh, first-time home buyers, and I think it's up to 35000 now that you can withdraw from your RSP. The second is if you're a full-time student and you need money for tuition, that's called the Lifelong Learning Plan. Or if you over-contributed to your RSP, so you went over your contribution maximum and you want to remove the over-contribution from your account. The Home Buyers Plan and the Lifelong Learning Plan will need to be repaid to your RSP account over time or else they're included in your income. In order to avoid tax on withdrawing an over-contribution from your RSP account, there are certain forms that need to be filed with the CRA first, so you should get your accountant involved if you find yourself in a situation where you've over-contributed to your RSP. Much like a TFSA over-contribution, there's a 1% penalty per month that the over-contributed amount remains in your account, provided that the over-contribution is more than $2,000. So the government gives you a bit of a contribution buffer, which you don't get with a TFSA, because if you accidentally over-contribute, but it is less than $2,000, you won't be subject to the 1% per month penalty. Once you turn 71, you're no longer eligible to use your RRSPs. At that time, you either need to withdraw the full amount of your account and pay the appropriate amount of tax, or you can roll the account into another type of retirement savings account called a Registered Retirement Income Fund, or an RRIF. An RRIF is like an RRSP in that income is earned in the account without paying tax, but withdrawals from the account will be included as income on your personal tax return each year. RRIFs have an amount that you are required to withdraw each year, which is based on how old you are. 
It starts at 4% of the account value when you're 65 years old and can go as high as 20% of the account value once you are 95 years old or older. Remember, this is just a minimum amount. You can withdraw as much as you want in any given year, but keep in mind that the amount that you withdraw is included in your income for the year. As you can see, there's pros and cons to both RSPs and TFSAs, so you might be wondering how to pick which account is for you. Well, the general rule of thumb is that RSPs are more beneficial for those at higher income levels, and TFSAs are more beneficial for those at lower income levels. The income threshold for deciding between the two accounts tends to be somewhere in the fifty dollars to $70,000 range. However, there's a few other considerations to keep in mind as well, such as how old you are. RSPs lock your money away until you're 65 when you can convert them to an RRIF. So younger people may want to consider a TFSA so that their money isn't locked away for a long period of time. What you're saving for. If you're saving for retirement, RSPs make a lot of sense because you have a strong incentive not to touch the money until you retire, or else you're going to end up paying a bunch of tax. If you're creating an emergency fund so you can be prepared for any of those unexpected expenses that might come up in life, it might make more sense to consider a TFSA so that you can easily withdraw the money whenever you need it and not pay tax. If you're saving for your first home or for your education and you're making something in that fifty dollars to $70,000, or higher range, um, an RSP might make more sense because you can get the deduction for amounts contributed and you can withdraw the money under the home buyer's plan or the lifelong learning plan without paying any tax. Just remember that you'll have to repay those amounts into your RSP account in future years. So in a scenario where you're looking to save more than $6,000 a year and you don't mind some of that being locked away into retirement, you might want to consider using both accounts. If you take $6,000 a year and put it into an RSP, it could net you a tax refund, the amount of which would depend on how much you make per year, which you could then throw into a TFSA. Using both accounts can be a very effective way to save money. Now that you know what these accounts actually are, you're probably very excited to open one up. Opening a TFSA or an RSP is as simple as calling up your bank. Most major banks offer investment account services, plus they already have you set up as a customer, so creating the account is likely not going to be much more paperwork. You can call your bank, or if you use online banking, you can log into your account, and there should be an option somewhere to set up a TFSA or RSP account. For more information on TFSAs and RSPs, I recommend looking at resources provided by the Government of Canada, specifically the CRA. They have a guide to TFSAs called guide RC4466. It's very comprehensive, but any questions you have about TFSAs can be answered in that guide. Uh, they also have one for RSPs called guide T4040. Also, I don't know if any of you have heard of the investing app called Wealthsimple, uh, but it allows for doing all of your TFSA and RSP investing on an app on your phone. They charge less fees than a bank as well, and it's the app that I use to manage my investment accounts. They also have a learning section on their website that has a number of guides explaining all of these different kinds of accounts, when you would consider using them, uh, what the nitty-gritty details of each account are, so I recommend having a look at those Wealth Simple guides as well. And with that, we've reached the end of the very first episode of Tax Less Taxing. Thanks so much to everybody for tuning in. I hope that you learned a lot and you're feeling a little bit more confident with regards to your savings. 
If you have any questions or you want to suggest a topic for a future episode, please send me an email at contact at taxlesstaxing.com or visit my website at taxlesstaxing.com and use the contact page to submit your questions or episode suggestions. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends, your family, your coworkers, or the person sitting next to you on the bus. I'm Mike, your friendly neighborhood accountant, and I'll see you next time on Tax Less Taxing. Bye for now.